Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope to help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. All right. Welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Um, as you guys know who've been listening to us, and those of you who haven't, we'll let you know we bring men on this store on this show to tell their story because every man has a story everybody has a story and uh, we want to bring guys on that can inspire encourage motivate you give you some hope maybe so that you know you're not alone because you are not alone and you don't have to go through life alone so um, hopefully you'll be blessed just like we have been by all of our guests uh, we're excited to have our guest today who I'll introduce introduce in a moment but I guess I should introduce myself first uh, I'm your host, Nevin Gorky, known as D-Fib in the gloom with my F3 brothers. This is my co-host, Troy, Troy Klinger, otherwise known as Dial-Up in the gloom. Dial-Up, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I had, a, I had a nice weekend of, like, nothing going on for once. No no events for the kids, indoor track meets kind of came and come to a close, and so no soccer tournaments, anything like that. So it was a nice, relaxing weekend for us. So I'm energized for the week. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I ran a trail race this weekend after doing our beatdown on Saturday morning, and I was sore for a number of days. But I did. I got a few miles in this morning. These old legs carried me three miles this morning. So anyway. Yeah, we, we had a fight club kind of training style beatdown this morning, and I, I think I'm going to be feeling that one tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah. We had uh, one of our newest guys, our most recent FNG, Gandalf. He's uh, um, in the National Guard, and he just finished his basic training for officers. So I keep reminding him that I did it when I was a stripeless private. It was a little bit more difficult, I think. But anyway, uh, he, he cued the beatdown today, and uh, I had to be at work at, at early hours, so I had to run first and miss the beatdown. But I'm glad he did. He had a good one. So uh, we're going to introduce our guest now. So this is Brian Jodis, otherwise known as Hello Kitty to F3 Nation. All of you in F3 Nation, you know this guy. Um, I don't know if you know all of his story, though. And so uh, we're bringing him on here today. He's been actually very helpful to me getting this podcast started. And, and uh, you guys know that he's, or if you don't know, he's the Q of culture for F3 Nation and the comms Q. And uh, otherwise, uh, logo maker extraordinaire. <laughs> and uh, we found out some other things about him today, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that for later, I yes, think. Yes, yeah. We, we've got some dirt. Yeah, yeah. We, we did some digging. <laughs> we did some digging. And, uh, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll bring that up later. So I, I know you've probably shared this a number of times before, but let's do it again. Tell us how you got an F3, who we H'd you, and how did you get Hello Kitty as a name? So uh, defibrillator. And yeah. uh, dial up. It's great to be with you guys. <laughs> uh, first time, long time, fellas. Really uh, good to be here. So uh, Brian Jodas, forty. Hello Kitty. May tenth, seventeen was my first post. So coming up on uh, five year anniversary. Whenever this will air mm-hmm. across your podcast network. My friend Jamie Roseboro, better known as Rapido in the F three gloom, called me on a Tuesday afternoon. In fact. I was working with his wife at a nonprofit, and she said, Jamie went to this workout this morning. You told me that afternoon. It's like, hey, man, I just went to this workout. It's called F3, Fitness Fellowship and Faith. You probably ought to go with me tomorrow. Uh, I, I, that sounds great. And I was doing sort of the, you know, workout in the gym by myself three days a week, little little solo man, two, three mile run on the weekends. I'm not as fine. Like I've been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, uh, he said, I'm going to come to this workout tomorrow morning. So I went and we took separate cars, but we basically showed up at the same time and we're walking up and the AO at the time was sort of like a weekly convergence. So it was like 30 or 40 guys and they're all calling him Rapido. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool, man. They must be calling him that because it's his second day back. Like he's repeating the workout. <laughs> right. He didn't tell me anything about the nicknaming process. Uh-huh. Right? Nothing. Nothing like you're going to get a nickname at the end. Any of this stuff. So we get into the workout, and this one guy's like, "Hey, man, what's your name?" I said, "It's Brian." He's like, "No, what's your name? Like, what do they call you?" My dad, 36 year Air Force veteran, his call sign in the Air Force was Dice. My brothers and I, it was always our nickname growing up. We all have Dice tattoos. It's like what our family is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. They call me Dice." That my friends call me Dice. And they're like, oh, cool, man, Dice. All right, Dice. Blah, blah, blah. All right, we're going through the workout, going through the workout. We get to the COT, and this big circle of guys starts spouting off their nicknames. Uh-huh. And I'm like, those, some of those are kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
whatever. And it gets to me, and you know, Brian Jodas, 36 at the time, dice. And they just rained booze on me. (laughs) And one guy out of nowhere just yells, hello, kitty. And so I tell you all that to say, I mean, I had, I didn't have ill intentions in my heart. Right. Right. Like I wasn't really trying to nickname myself, but that's the way it goes. The fellas didn't like it. They called me hello kitty. I have two daughters. And I said, well, jokes on you guys. We got more hello kitty merchandise in our house than, you know, so I just, we embraced it. And that was that. Yeah. Cool. You mentioned your daughters. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so I've got a wife of almost 15 years. We'll be married 15 years, April 27th. Uh, Ellie and Cece, F3 Ray and F3 Pink Dinosaur. They're 10 and 6. And they're fans of F3 Dad's workouts and F3 Dad's camping trips. In fact, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. Our six-year-old's in bed, my 10-year-old, because mama is traveling this week. And so I'm solo dad doing it. So I'm looking at one who's over there reading uh-huh. and uh, yeah, fourth grade and, and kindergarten. Our daughters uh, are four years and one hour, the same exact birthday. Wow. Cool. Which is kind of, kind of crazy. Uh, so consistency in our household. And uh, my oldest is the oldest of seven grandkids who are three point O's to uh, F3 Red Baron and mom Bon Jovi. And uh, so we've got a, a whole slew here. That's uh, that's coming online. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So um, we want to dig go a little bit further back in your lifetime. Tell us where, yeah. and you probably grew up in a lot of places since your dad was military, but where did you grow up? What was it like growing up? You know, what was it like where you, where you grew up and how that happened? It was a hot June night. <laughs> <laughs> June 28th, 1981. And the world would forever be changed as Ralph and Judy Jodas welcome their firstborn son. In the world. <laughs> uh, listen, man, you know, um, I am just so eternally grateful uh, to the United States of America, to my dad and his military service pr- for providing my brothers and I just an incredible upbringing. I'm the oldest of three. Uh, my dad is oldest of three boys. My dad was one of two. My grandfather was one of four boys. So, we were sort of a male-dominated side of the family branch uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was in the Air Force uh, pretty much my entire life, uh, from you know until I, from when I was born and until he retired in 2013. He was a fighter pilot, flew F-15s for a big bulk of his career. Uh, was a squadron commander, wing commander, uh, base commander, all those sorts of things. Had an incredibly uh, decorated Air Force career, and so we got the ability to you know, to be a big part of that growing up, to spend a lot of time uh, in Air Force squadrons, to spend a lot of time around male leaders, mm-hmm. uh, right, and and get to appreciate that. Uh, he had a great career, and, he, and it got to take us uh, not all over the globe per se, but, you know, to, to a few different places. I was born in Mississippi and spent the bulk of my sort of formative years growing up in eastern North Carolina. We were at an Air Force base in Goldsboro, North Carolina called Seymour Johnson, where he was flying F-15s. And we got to live there for six years in a row, which as a military family is kind of rare. Yeah. And as a kid, it's kind of rare to have that uh, sort of longevity in one place. And so I was there the fourth grade through the ninth grade, went to high school in Northern Virginia, and then went to college back in the great state of North Carolina. And so that that's kind of our family growing up story. Uh, we got to we got to see a lot. We got to do a lot. Family was always important. And, uh, and that's carried over to F3 because now all three of my brothers, the three of us, two of them and me, uh, are all heavily involved in F3. My brother Atari, Ralph, is mm-hmm. the Nantan of F3 Seattle. My brother Lightyear, Adam, uh, helped start F3 Montgomery in Alabama and is now in Northern Virginia at the Pentagon. And then my dad's now on the board of directors and he's F3 Red Baron, as you guys probably got to meet him when you did the Keystone Convergence. Yeah, yeah, still, uh, still working with him because we're planning the next one. And uh, actually, we're probably going to have him as a guest at some point because he agreed to do that already. But Sure. Um, sure. Dalip, didn't you uh, hear something? Y- yeah, I heard you're like really good at EHing, and we were supposed to ask you about uh, how you went about EHing a retired three-star general. Yeah, I left it to, the, to my oldest daughter. She's the one that <laughs> gets credit, right? So, you know, uh, they were – I can't remember the exact date. He'd be able to tell you. For some reason, October's in my mind about when we went to that first workout and they were down visiting, you know, down here in our area when we were involved in Carpex and I was probably a few years deep at that point. And we had an F3 dad's workout on a Saturday morning uh, and Ray, Ellie, the oldest, 
uh, got granddad out to the workout and uh, that's where it started for him. And he, same thing, kind of jumped into two feet. I'll tell you, pretty neat, right? Seeing uh, dad come online with your kid being a big part of it and both of them uh, being a big part of it. One of the neatest F3 moments that I've had, and that was one of them, but another one was watching my dad in a circle of trust in Carpex, which is our home region. When he travels down here, he posts with Carpex guys quite a bit. And then we helped him launch what they're doing up in F3 Snacktown, which is in Hanover. He stood in COT one day, and this is probably two or three years ago. And he said, I have not seen this level of camaraderie mm-hmm. since I left the fighter squadrons. And I thought, man, we're kind of on to something here. That's saying a lot. For, yeah. a guy, for a guy like that to say that, mm-hmm. um, we got an amazing gift here in this thing we call F3. And uh, that's pretty neat, pretty neat experience. Kind of goes with what Banjo had shared about the the mumble chowder just being like another level down. Yeah, Banjo pack. was telling us that. Uh, so those of you who are listening, Banjo was a guest, and he uh, he is from the same uh, region uh, as Hello Kitty. And he said that when he cues, sometimes he has to make people do burpees just so they shut up, so he could explain the the workout. I mean, you know. That's a yeah, lot of mumble the, uh, the Carpex culture is that of a little chit chat. <laughs> the guys like to, uh, they got the gift of gab. We've got what I consider the, uh, the OG of mumble chatter, the godfather of mumble chatter, a pack's named Bert. Uh, and I don't know if he mentioned him at all, but we got a few guys that are known to ramp it up quite a bit. So sometimes you got to bring the pain to try to shut them up. But man, they just, they find a way to cut through it. Speaking of ramping it up, I understand that you can really ramp up in the pie-eating contest uh, world. <laughs> yeah, something about like Crazy Days Festival of Carry. Uh, yeah, yeah, we heard You're like multi-time that. defending yeah. champion or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I I got humbled, fellas, in the last oh, no. six months. I sustained my first competitive pie-eating loss. I had Did Joey Chestnut show up? At the time. I had been, I've never thought I've always maintained the, uh, the structural integrity of the challenges. Uh-huh. Uh, but I have, I have a four and one record all time in competitive pie eating contests. These are like, you know, local town fall festivals and stuff. And it was probably three years ago. It was like a random Friday night and my wife and I and the kids were like, what are we going to do tomorrow? She's like, well, you know, Carrie's got the fall festival. Let's see what they've got on the agenda. And she looked at me and she's like, oh boy. She's like, they have a pie eating contest. She's like, you have to enter. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Because I've done a couple other goofy uh, competitive eating challenges, 12 egg omelet out in Seattle and some other stuff. And uh, so we did it. We won that one. It was blueberry. The first victory was blueberry. I was going to ask. We moved on to another, uh, later in the year, another fall festival. That was an apple. Then we took down apple. Yeah. An apple. We went to the, the the fest in the West, right? That was a lemon meringue. So now we're three and oh. It's got like meringue. trifecta going here. Yeah. Jeez, it's like the triple yeah. crown. Yeah, that one, I got pushed. There was some guy that had just moved down from Long Island. Big fella. He's a big fella. <laughs> he pushed me to the limit that day. And then, uh, and then number four was the classic pumpkin at the Lazy Days Festival, which is what I think you were referencing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, wait, I, I thought we got to four and oh, but then a guy came back and said, you beat me two years ago. And I've been eyeballing. He didn't tell me this till after the competition. I still claim on the fifth one, my first loss. You go to the videotape, <laughs> a little disputable, but you know. Well, you I think I can, that. I know the flavor of that pie. I think it was humble pie. Was that? It was a little bit. <laughs> it was a little bit. And we were back to blueberry on that one. Okay. So got All right. It's super goofy, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great, you know, in the communities where we live, you know, people get into it. I go full American flag tank top and headband. So, you know, we just have a good time with it. Yeah. I think you need to go into training now. You lost. So you get, you better pick up your game. Yeah. I'm going to have to, uh, Ivan Drago, this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Put his picture on the fridge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see the training video for that. That would be, you yeah. Know, you nobody put, wants, put, yeah, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see that. Does anybody call you defibrillator? In, no, in you're the, the only you know, one. You're the, the only one that's version of your name. No, no. All, all I get is defib, and uh, you're the okay. f- only one that's calls me. De- I, and I love it. I, f- I feel like that's a you it know. C- it could show up now. And uh, I'm telling you, it's yeah. formal. <laughs> <laughs> Takes too long to type that, and people probably don't know how to spell it. So. <laughs> I'm so proud of you guys, man, for getting this thing going and for taking a chance. And 
and kicking it off. I mean, like we talked about, sometimes you just got to go, man. You get an idea. Maybe it's a good one. I don't I mean, you'll know when you know, but just get moving. Yeah, I got to tell you. So I told you that it was my wife's idea initially. She gives me all the best ideas in my life. But anyway, and then she usually yeah. regrets them later because I go all in. But um, we had recorded our first episode and she said, you know, I told you that I think you should do a podcast. And a month later, you've recorded one. And, and she said, wow, I'm really proud of you. So that was worth it just for that. Yeah. Even if nobody listens, it was worth it for just, just for that. But we're having a blast doing this. I mean, really, getting to talk to different guys and hear their stories and stuff. And, and I think it's just really cool. And, and then we get some other guys that using their talents, like Spielberg here. You know, he's 21 years old, working. He uh, started, what, October? Spielberg is off screen right now, so he doesn't have a microphone. But he's shaking his head. He's shaking yeah, his he's, head. He's, yes, he's, he's like the show producer. He's sort of the what I'd call the Fat Max. You know, the guy that's like producing the show. Absolutely, we're, and we're like he's in good shape. So completely reliant on him. Yeah, completely reliant. He's banging out the post. He's there like three times nice, a week man. with us usually, which is which is cool. And yeah, but yeah, a guy that's talented. I mean, this is his thing. He does videography and things like that. And he's like, hey, I've got the equipment. When are we doing this? I'm like, all right. So, but yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's been un- cool. Unlocking that D two X, right? You know, where a guy can do what he was born to do for those he was born to serve. It's awesome. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. So um, now your dad was a career military. Mm -hmm. What kept you out of the military? Yeah, you know, I think about it a lot. Um, And uh, my grandfather fought in World War II in the Korean War and uh, was a cop. And my dad did, obviously, the career military thing. My youngest brother, uh, the aforementioned Lightyear is a major in the space force. All I can really say is I, I just don't think it was God's path for me. Yeah. Um, I look, I look back on it and think, you know, what could have been or, or what should I have done? But he, he's got a plan for us, right? He's mapped it out. We're not party to what it's going to be. And sometimes we still wonder right. what it is as, as we're walking it. But I, I, I know the creator created me uh, to, to use my voice and talents to help connect people to something bigger than themselves. And for that, it, it didn't send me, down the route of the military. And in fact, our parents uh, never suggested or, or even sort of led us in that way. They, they let us kind of figure out what that path was and follow what uh, the almighty had sort of put before us. And, and it was never one of those deals where, you know, you guys are going to the Academy or you're doing this. In fact, my youngest brother is the only one of the three of us who joined the military was about halfway through his college career. Uh, and he was studying to be a, like a sports medicine guy and, and then called our folks up one day and said, no, I dropped that. I went to the ROTC program. I signed up and mm-hmm. I'm going to go into the Air Force. And so it was always, you know, sort of uh, raised right, but also raised like you guys do what, you know, think you're you're born to do. And I grew up wanting to be uh, a sportscaster. Like I wanted to be on ESPN, like Chris mm-hmm. Berman and those guys. I grew up idolizing those guys. And I was the kid at like 10, 11, 12 that was watching SportsCenter. You know, and so I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, which I was for eight years after I graduated from college. And so I think our folks were just really good about uh, knowing what our talents were and, and, and supporting us to, to do those things. And for me, God's path was was different than putting a uniform on and and, uh, and providing service that way. Yeah, that's cool. I You know, um, one of the things that has been uh, a passion of mine since about 2001, 2000 or something like that is is leadership and an interest in leadership and reaching men. So this whole F3 thing really spoke to my heart when I finally read the book Freed to Lead, which was about three years after I first started in F3. My story is a little different. I I got uh, I joined F3 down in what was at the time F3 Lakewood Ranch, which has now grown into the Suncoast uh, region. Um, mm-hmm. When my wife and I moved down there, it's a long story. But anyway, we ended up moving back after a year to Pennsylvania, and it took me a couple years to plant the flag here because I didn't have an F3 region around here. But then I read free to lead. I'm thinking, man, this is it. This is, you know, he's talking about this thing that you mentioned D2X, him being mm-hmm. uh, dread and OBT who wrote the book, but uh, finding your purpose basically. And uh, this is really fit really well with my purpose, you know, trying to, to reach guys. And uh, I think, so my, my gift is teaching for the most part, which, and kind of coaching, which is part of teaching and, uh, I've uh, had, like I said, an interest in leadership. So through experience and study and all that stuff, um, grew as a leader, still learning, obviously. But I'd like you to speak to the issue of purpose because I think that is a uh, a, a thing that's uh, epidemic 
in our culture, guys just don't feel like they have their purpose. They feel purposeless in their life, leading to a lot of despair, depression, which leads to, of course, addictive issues, pornography, all those things. Um, so tell me, tell me what, uh, how did, uh, it sounds like you knew your purpose ahead of time, but F3 is, is really, uh, I think, a, a f- functions with helping guys do that. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, F3 100% unlocked the purpose inside of me of what had always been there, but I wasn't able to articulate it in a way that I can today. In fact, F3 has helped me not just become physically fit, but mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me to, again, articulate the way in which I've been able to grow. I believe that it's not your strength that holds you to your purpose. It is the strength of the purpose itself. Meaning you can be an incredibly strong individual, but without a powerful why, there's not much potentially to stand on. I think our society, unfortunately, has kind of fallen into a phase where we're devaluing the male purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to make a big thing out of it, but I've seen six covers of Parenting Magazine without a father on the cover. I see a Verizon ad on TV with a family that's chaotic at home and some schlubby guy with a white shirt that's all stretched out of the collar. And so quite frankly, I think they want to try to take it away from us a little bit. Right. And so I think as, as leaders and as male leaders in our community and our families, I think trying to focus in on what our purpose is, and it doesn't have to be a grandiose position. I believe God created me to connect people to something bigger than themselves. Guys, that can mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Right. When I was working in television, when I was a sports anchor, my job, my purpose was to then show people what was happening in their community specific to local sports. When I left that and started working in communications, working for a military nonprofit, working in the advocacy comm space, again, finding opportunities to connect people, something outside themselves. And now through F3 to be able to be very blessed to be in this communications and culture world to find opportunities through things like the COT podcast or what we're doing through newsletters to make guys feel like if even a little bit, they're part of something that's so much bigger than them. Right. I believe that's what he created me to do. I was in Memphis this last weekend. I got to travel to go see Gus Jordan Carpenter. He's running for County commissioner outside of Memphis. And we went in and we created a few ads for his campaign. We did a really cool ruck ad where to his credit, he rucked almost 13 miles literally across his district. Uh-huh. We videotaped the whole thing. We made some really cool ads. It was awesome. But when one of the guys, they're giving me a ride. They're talking about fart sacking. They're talking about all these F3 things. I'm like, see, part of something that's just so much bigger than all of us. And so if I can use the, the talent and treasure that I've got that I think he instilled in me, then I don't want to squander that. So I think part of it is just taking time to pull yourself outside of what you're doing, taking time to put yourself around other purposeful driven right? Being proximate to people with purpose, which most F3 men are. And then leaning in and thinking like, well, what do I do? What have I always done? What do I do that's not even really my job? And and trying to have a little self-awareness and then being empowered in that. It's not a braggadocious thing. It's not an ego thing. It's just, all right, no, what, what do you think you were put on this earth to do? Right. Right. And everybody's got it. Every man's got it. It's in them. I think Part of society wants to take it from them or hold it back from them. And I think the beautiful thing about F3 is we step into a space where we are becoming more devoid of virtuous leadership Mm -hmm. and we're starting to fill uh, a hole there. And I don't think we're the end all be all. I don't think we're the ultimate solution to this thing that we could call sad clown syndrome or, or just losing men out of households and communities. But I think we are a big part of focusing back in as to what, makes strong communities. Our communities need strong men. They need strong women, right? We need that partnership, but you got to have male community leadership to keep this thing moving. Yeah, it's one, it's one piece of the puzzle, you know, potentially. Totally. Yeah, totally. Cause we see it. I mean, we see guys that just F, F like they latch onto it mm-hmm. and are full tilt right from the get go, as far as, you know, totally getting involved in F3, but you do get those other guys. It's just, it's not their, it's not their thing but we're at least filling that void of that, of that one piece that they need this camaraderie, the team atmosphere, the mm-hmm. male bond that, uh, that F3 can offer. So the, yeah, good, and the common hear. things I hear from guys is like, and I said this, I've said this before. 
something I didn't know I needed or I didn't know I was looking for, but I absolutely knew I needed. And, you know, again, right. You're right. Like it's, it's not for everybody, but man, uh, just, I've seen it work wonders in my own life and in thousands of other men. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about the amount of guys that are running around. Think about this guys tomorrow morning, right? You get up at five. If you're able to get up and get, get out in the gloom, you know, five thirty your time. There are thousands, Mm -hmm. thousands of other men doing the same exact thing. Might might sound a little different or look older. Doing the same thing you're doing at the same time. Right. Who else? Who else is doing that? It's pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. It is amazing. Pretty amazing. And 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 I thank you for speaking to that to that purpose. And I think that uh, something that something where guys might get hung up is fulfilling that purpose that you that you have in your life doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be what you do for a living. I, I, it doesn't have to be right. So tell us, you know, tell people what you do for a living. I'm sure that we can a lot of times extrapolate that into mm-hmm. our, what we call our mammon our work, whatever, but you know, tell us what you do. And uh, cause I, cause I talked about this before and I think it's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so I own and operate a small production company called pick up the six productions Huge tip of the cap and kudos go to F3 for unlocking that in me mm-hmm. and even all the way down to the name, right? We talk about picking up the six all the time. And I'm also the executive vice president of a statewide nonprofit advocacy organization in North Carolina, and it's called Parents for Educational Freedom in North Carolina. And simply, we exist to help families in our state navigate their educational options because we believe that where your kids go to school doesn't necessarily need to be dictated by your zip code or your income. Pretty simple. Wherever you feel like is the best educational environment for your child, we think families should have access to that. Whether that's traditional public school, which are over a million and a half kids in our state, or whether that's charter schools, private school, homeschool, whatever families feel like is the best fit for them, we think they should be empowered to find that. And specifically, if money's an issue, if they can't afford it, then we think we should be able to help those taxpayers out. Or if they have kids with special needs, we think we should be able to help them out as well. So we do a lot of work in that space. I'm tasked with a lot of different things as the executive vice president from all of our external affairs to our communications, to our legislative affairs. Uh, and so again, right. I'm very, I know I'm very fortunate that a huge bulk of what I do for mammon is connecting to people, something bigger than themselves. But then again, we all got, I got to sign invoices. I got to, right. I got to onboard clients. I got to do bookkeeping. Some of that doesn't feel as great as a lot of the other purpose driven stuff. But I think you're right. Defib. I think, you know, look, if your mammon can coincide with your D2X, amazing. It's not always going to be the case, but I don't think it can be a limiting belief as well. I think mm-hmm. everything you do is a part of who you are. Right. And what, and what you do and what you carry with you every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What kind of results have you seen with your, with your work, uh, with this nonprofit organization? Cause you know, to me, it's like, man, yeah. you're, you're really disrupt disrupting the status quo of the public school system, right? Where just kids come to me. I don't need to compete. I don't need to do the best of, you know, be the best of the best to get the yeah. students to come to me. They come to me because of where they live. And, um, you know, like, how dare you? And this is sarcasm, right? You know, how, how dare you disrupt sure. this, disrupt the status quo well, and, and, mean, and create a little bit of, com- and create a little competition. Exactly yeah. Yeah. It, right. And the disruption is exactly that. And it, and the challenge that we have, and I'll just, you know, sort of open the kimono up as my friend, Jamie Vance Roseboro, after Rapido would say is, you know, the, the challenge is it's like, well, if you're going to support all these other educational options, you have to be opposed to the traditional public school system. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I think all these options only help strengthen all of these options. Right, like by having competition in the marketplace, I believe it should, you know, rise all ships. Right, um, it's not always uh, the way it's perceived because uh, oftentimes um, human nature is to be very territorial over the things that we think uh, sort of belong to us and that we control. And I'm kind of like, look, man, all these families are taxpayers. Let them leverage some of that to be able to find what's the best fit for them. It is a rather disruptive thing, though, when you think about massive systems. Right. Uh, And how you essentially reform those or change those. And quite frankly, unfortunately, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, I think most of these school systems, not even schools, 
not principals, not teachers. Mm-hmm. I think the school systems have gotten so big that like in when you read Free to Lead, when they talk about bullfrog organizations, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, I think that's where they've evolved to. They've gotten so big that they kind of solely exist to maintain themselves and not think about the end user, which is the student. We could, I could talk about this stuff with you guys <laughs> for hours and guys at home are probably like, that's enough. And I think that's kind of the biggest issue. Well, you're passionate about it. And, and that, that leads to, you know, you're going to, you're going to do a quality job and it's an important job. So just quick question on that same topic. How many families that you deal with are fatherless families? Yeah. So if I had a stat, I couldn't make up a stat and tell you, I got to think uh, a bulk of the families that we help get access to. We've got a scholarship in our state that's specifically designed for lower income families where the median household income for new families on the program, like three years ago was less than 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Right. That's pretty big chunk. Uh, a lot of uh, the families that we help sort of in, uh, you know, family to family outreach, it, there's probably quite a few. Uh, and that's a, that's an issue. Yeah, uh, it's an issue. Uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, stronger nuclear families, uh, I think, create stronger communities. But the challenge is, again, see, it's not an and or thing. It doesn't mean that I think that's the only way sure. to do it. Sure, sure. Right. But I do believe that you've got to have strong nuclear families and the destruction of it is intentional. And, um, and I think the splitter, to steal a phrase from my man, Dredd, is a real right. thing that's trying to remove that. Um, so yeah, there are, there are, there are plenty. There are a lot of single moms who contact our organization, uh, who are working two or three jobs that are, that just know the system they're in isn't working for them and they need something different. Uh, there, we've got a lot of moms who contact us and say, you know, these are minority parents who are like, I know that charter school up the street has an African-American man teaching in it. And I need my sons in that school. That has happened more times than five I mean, I've heard of personal stories, Yeah. right? You know, handful of times that specific story has been told us. So there's a, there's myriad of reasons why families are looking for options. I just think we need to find ways to support them. And it's just, it's not, it can't only be in the traditional setting. It's, it can't be, it's just not the right fit for everyone. You can't, it's just, you, you can't put everybody into one box. It, strong public schools absolutely create strong communities across our country. But it's not the only thing. Yeah, amen. I, you know, for me, you know, I think about all this stuff, and I went through a process that happened the exact same time I was starting to develop my SLT to get the shovel flag planted here, and that is that I was on social media, the usual stuff, and all that, and I realized that um, I'm wasting my time trying to convince people on social media of my point of view. Um, whatever that is, you know, whether it's political yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. And so I, I ended up deleting all my social media. Um, then my, my PAX has since uh, shamed me and going back on Facebook so I could advertise our region a little bit better. So I did that. But, and I'm showing more restraint. But what I realized was that uh, I, can't, I can't get hung up on what's going on uh, politically or culturally and things that I disagree with or because I just, it just makes you anxious and angry and that kind of stuff. But what I could do is I could focus on my area of influence locally and, uh, planting the shovel flag and, and starting F3 here and impacting men at a local level, uh, was where I can have an impact. And, uh, you know, who knows what else, what other impact we can have, but reaching guys that need help. And there are so many guys and we, we're not a very populated area, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of guys here that have made such amazing strides uh, to accomplish the mission, to become more virtuous leaders. And some guys who were dealing with mental issues and things like that, who credit being part of F3 with um, getting some healing, you know, uh, getting stronger in that way, getting more confidence and so forth. So, you know, if this happens, around the country, and as this thing grows, I think we can have an impact on the things that we're talking about here. Because if we have strong fathers, more strong fathers in each home, mother and father, you know, and all that stuff. But anyway, this isn't about me. I just uh, want to throw that out there for guys out there, because I, I don't know, maybe other guys deal with that. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't even watch the news that much anymore. Of course, I'm paying attention to what's happening with Russia and Ukraine and all that, but, mm-hmm. but I can't pay too much, too much attention to all the other stuff that goes on because I can't do anything about it. 
unless I want to run for political office or something like that. But what I can do is I can impact my community and, uh, yeah. and my concentrica, you know, that we call an F3, our sphere of influence. I think, I, I, you know, hard to persuade without proximity. Right. I mean, you know, media does provide us uh, some good things, right? It does provide real connectivity. Uh, for me, in, in a lot of the work I've done in F3 and outside through Pick Up the Six, social media has been a big help in me finding people, reaching people, delivering a message. To your point, it's also an incredibly, it can be an absolute echo chamber. Yeah. Look, if I want to go somewhere right. and have a bunch of people reaffirm what I think, I can also go there too. Right. And I can say something and a bunch of people be like, people tell me to f off right, <laughs> right exactly because the other side thinks i'm wrong right um so there's some of that but man you got to have proximity right like if you really you got to be able to eyeball something you got to be able to talk to someone yeah my 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 fear right for the next generation is communicating online you lose the ability to kind of even do what we're doing today leverage this amazing technology to be able to get together and feel like we're having a real conversation with each other right across like we're sitting across from each other that's great right um you got to be able to. You got to be able to communicate and talk, and you can't do it all through. Uh, let me see someone put a tweet up and let you know a hundred people tell them how wrong. They're. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And again, that's. Well, I feel like I'm becoming a bit of a uh, a fanboy of of uh, the lessons being delivered of the minivan centurion. I don't know if you guys have listened to that podcast yet, but I'll be honest with you, man. I highly recommend it. I've been listening to um, it. I read, Dark Helmet. Yeah, I read the whole. That's book. what right. That's what the Aorist does. The Aorist is. It's got to be this or that. It's got to be you put a tweet up and I tell you why you're wrong. Right. Well, what about what about and? What about this and that? Yeah. Um, and I think, quite frankly, that's unfortunately where our politics have diverged. It's just become so much or and not enough and. Yeah. To try to keep us all working for the same great thing, which is the freedom and liberty that are unique to the United States of America. Yes. And you have an impact at a wider, in a wider circle because of your podcast. I mean, the CO2 podcast is, I think probably, I don't pay attention. I wouldn't even know how to look it up. I'd have to figure it out. Uh, popularity, whatever, but man, Look, you're, is you're, it the greatest <laughs> podcast in the history of F3? Second. I, right? I, can, I can't judge that. <laughs> but the, what are the numbers? <laughs> what do the numbers say? Yeah. What do the numbers say? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, you, 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 you use that platform to have a wider reach to do what your D2X is all about. Yeah. And also we spend 30 to 40 minutes a week talking a little bit about ourselves. Cause I think there's some natural rapport. And I also think that you got two guys who have young families, that there's a lot of guys who have either been through that scenario or going mm -hmm. through that or could be going through it. And then we are so blessed because we just get to spend 90% uh, of our show talking about all the great stuff that you guys are doing, that the guys across F3 Nation are doing. We highlight their stories. We listen to their voices when they talk to. Man, that's, that's the good stuff that makes you feel awesome thing we're a part of. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so being part of F3, you already kind of had the skills, some skills, talents, experience as a leader, but what has been, since you've been part of F3, how the, the mission is to invigorate male community leadership. How has F3 accomplished that mission with you? My, uh, my ability to walk into a room, I've always been, uh, this is going to come as no surprise. Our, okay? say, I'm sorry, say that so, again. I, not much of a wallflower. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I've always had a natural ability to walk into a room and just start engaging people. Yeah. What is it? What F3 has provided me is one, the best physical fitness of my life, uh, a stronger sense of who I am, a way to articulate my faith, more of a dedication to my family. Because when we were living before we moved back to North Carolina and I started F3, man, sad clown, right? all the way through. Mm. Um, and I don't know where that would have taken me, quite frankly. And I'm ash almost ashamed to admit that, but God stepped in, right? Brought this awesome thing into my life. What I'm able, what I think I'm able to do now is articulate about the things we're talking about, right? About what we need to see out of virtual male leaders in our country. And 
be able to connect it back to something that's way bigger than all of it, which are guiding faith principles that have always been in my life that I haven't been able to speak to as well as I can now. Right. Um, and embracing that part. Maybe that just comes with some, but I just think the proximity of being around other that can do that and learning from their experiences. What an amazing gift. Yeah. Like we have, anytime we need something, recommendation on where to get our gutters cleaned all the way to this issue in our life. We got all these guys to lean on, to be able to ask about starting the shield lock work from there, right? Start at the shield lock level, talk to those. That's incredible, man. Uh, So I think that just helped me. And, and, uh, a little bit of just, now I just want to make sure more guys can get this thing. Yeah. Find it. Cool. Did you have a question that uh, somebody gave you? I I do, but you know, I, I did the did anybody call in? Do we have you? No, 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 no guest callers. Before I get to that other question, the board's lighting up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before before we get to the other the other <laughs> thing good. that we were uh, talking about, asking you though, that I guess the thought that was kind of going through mine here as we were talking is you know, like you talked about getting off social media because you you felt like no matter what I'm going to put out here, it's not going to make a difference, right? Which you you don't have a million followers. Right, not quite. No. Not quite. You might be a, maybe a couple of hundred, right? So yes, you're, yeah. you're not going to make a big difference. But, hey, but but guys will see a guy's post on Facebook and they'll come out to F three for the first time ever. Yeah, and that's what so I was going to say. Like, like F three is making oh, the difference in I, numbers. Yeah, yeah. You could you could have one guy that has a million followers, mm. or you can have a million guys with just like one follower, right? And we're right. We're kind of taking that approach of numbers, all trying to impact one other person at a time. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to ma- I didn't mean to sound like uh, <laughs> social media is always bad or that things that I say weren't always worth it. But if I try to take a stance on something just like you said it's an echo chamber and 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 then my problem was when somebody responded in a negative way I, I responded back and oh you're ready to go we're ready let's get into it with yeah. truth like, how dare go. he he would come back with right. truth and and you know the, the problem is that the people that believe one side i i don't think i've ever convinced anybody to change their mind uh versus all the people that were like hey you tell them you know kind of thing not i wasn't right. i wasn't like mean or anything but anyway that's what i meant i c- certainly facebook and twitter and all those things have uh very positive ways to be used it just depends on how you use it right yeah. yeah but they also should be held accountable for uh creating uh a platform where in which uh the negative dialogue is promoted and funneled up to the top of your feed like that happens that's a real thing that happens absolutely yep so you've you've, you've seen they, social dilemma you've, wa- you've watched too. social dilemma obviously right right that's right yeah 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 yeah. So the question we were, do you want to jump Go back? No, so no. yeah, you, so you had, you had mentioned your grandfather. And so, yeah. uh, there was a question about how old was your grandfather when he enlisted in the Navy? And if that same high impact man ever ran into a whale. <laughs> uh, so he, his Naval ID, uh, reads September the 12th, 1923. He was born September the 12th, 1925. And I would ask you, why, why do you think this young man would lie about his birthday? Uh-huh. So he did it so he could join the Navy and he could go fight for his country. Awesome. Because right? his, his mother probably wasn't going to sign that waiver for him. Yep. Right. And so he went home that day and said, I joined the Navy and I'm going to fight. I don't know that a lot of, 16 17 year olds nowadays would do that i know there's some that would but they don't make them like those guys anymore that's for damn sure right uh so yeah so he uh took some liberties with his age to do what was right but that guy went off to fight at on the uss terry the day the flag was raised at iwo jima Uh along that journey he's a sonar man in the navy and you know he's sitting in there and something comes across the sonar and it could be a sub you don't know right right so we got unidentified object coming across the sonar gave the command fired on it and uh one of god's great creatures bubbled up to the top of the uh top of the water and uh, he said it was one of the worst smells he had ever smelled his life oddly enough his youngest son right he had two sons my dad and my uncle pat uh uncle pat 
environmental biologist, doctor, zoologist, big animal guy. His father murdered a whale in the <laughs> ocean, landed on a coyote when they were doing like touch and goes, night fly touch and goes. Oh, nice. And yeah. So I think Uncle Pat had no choice but to go out there and. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> reminds me of a, of a story of a, of a student of mine many years ago. He was in Operation Desert Storm, I believe it was, and he was on like night duty or something like that. And he sees these figures coming at his post and he's instructing them to halt or they're going to be fired upon. And he, and he tells them two or three times and they, they don't stop. And so they open fire. Turns out <clears throat> it, was a, it was a camel. <laughs> <laughs> Poor camel. Yeah, so he, he's like called camel killer or something oh, like that amongst man. his. Could, could uh, have been could have been sent in there. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, those guys ate well for three days. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's some that's a lot of food right there. You got some good intel, boys. You got some good intel. I've told those stories a few times. But somebody might have planted them. Well, should we t- divulge the source? Yeah, we reached out to Atari. No, yeah, <laughs> you probably knew where it was coming from, yeah. but. That's all we have. We usually ambush I, I people much you, man, better than like this. It is, you know, you think about, right. We, and, and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one that believes sad clowns only exist outside of F3. I still think there are some that come in to our ranks. that still that. And I also, I know in my heart, there are high impact men outside of. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's F3 world of ours. Uh, and so we don't, we don't really, we, we've kind of coined that phrase, but we don't. And, you know, guys like that, my, my mom's dad, the same, uh, was in the Army Air Corps uh, during World War II. He did a lot more maintenance on the front end than having to go overseas. But, you know, those, those, those men in my life, men like that, my dad coaches, right, those specifically men that kind of leave a mark on you, I think, help, yeah. you know, kind of shape who you are. And I know that my brothers, if they listen to this, would echo the same sentiment. We're just very blessed to be able to spend a lot of time with him and, you know, and hear those stories. And he was one that was always happy to sort of sit around the, the kid and tell us those stories. And man, we just, we kind of soaked it up like a sponge. Yep. Um, so it's good stuff, man. I'm yeah. gra- I'm grateful you guys gave me the chance to, to share that with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're very blessed to have heard it. Um, no podcast is complete until you have a hello kitty, right? anytime anybody talks about f3 naming for some reason hello kitty always comes up as like the example yeah yeah we of like of like of like great names for people we're we're too nice here yeah we're terrible we give great you know names guys like i mean if you showed up and said dice we would have named you dice but you know we're just we're bad at it we have one guy named we gave one guy named g-string and we ended up we took it back because it was he couldn't use it at school or church or anything. Well, <laughs> so so we did we did step back on that one. Yeah. Introduce him to your wife at church. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did the step back on again, that one. Uh, you know, I walked in to, to Gus's uh, place of business the other day and so the young lady at the desk said, uh, I said, I'm here for Jordan Carpenter. She goes, what's your name? I said, it's Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> this is a professional place of business, sir. Yes. Would you mind? You want to know a funny story? I've told you uh, about the naming origin the very next day. Right. So I got named on a Wednesday, Thursday, FNG. What do you think they named him? Dice. <laughs> of course. Of course. They didn't ask him anything about himself. Couldn't have mattered. You're nice. <laughs> right. You were nice. <laughs> we, we just had our newest FNG. Uh, his guy who uh, coordinates and runs and uh, ultra marathons and stuff like that lives right here in Danville. But, um, you know, he tells us his story about well the whole time the guy the guy that cued our workout for some reason was playing um was it the Bee Gees horrible horrible music uh, so dancing queens playing in the background and we I wanted to name him dancing queen but no he got uh, MacGyver so MacGyver MacGyver is a cool name but yeah you know, see we're too nice dancing queen would have been much better yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MacGruber well. would have been better. Right. You name MacGyver, then you take the next we, step to MacGruber. We yeah. need to rename Thin Crust Dancing Queen because of his music that he brings to our beat dance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now, talk about mumble chatter. He he was he was razzed mercilessly the entire beat down for his music selection. But you know, All right. everyone's a mer- everyone's a music critic. So one more question for you. I ask this most of the time. Um, if you were to give a message, and you sort of did already, but 
if you were able to speak to the men of America right now, it doesn't matter F3, not F3, just men of America, um, what, what message do you have for the men in America? I can promise you this much, guys. You matter more than you probably think you do. You have a purpose. And I want you to lean in and love and protect your family. Serve every day with an enthusiasm unknown to man. Can you do that? Can you do? Can can you just mean that God created you to love and protect your family and serve? Some, and no matter what you're going through, because guys, I mean, it's a pandemic sweeping our nation right now, and it's. It's what's going on in between the ears of men that cause them to do things that can't be undone. And I want to tell you guys, no matter what, we can get through anything. You can tackle anything except for the one thing that can't be undone. So hold strong and affirmed that you were put on this earth to love and protect your bigger than yourself and go out there and just get after it. Even if that's just a little bit every day, right? Just a little bit. Even if you're working a job that you hate, right? You've still been blessed. You're still very fortunate. And so it'd probably be, probably be something along those lines. I mean. Yeah, that's really good. Unfortunately, you cut out a couple of times. But the ba- basic me, man, love and protect your family. Don't quit. Yep. Don't quit. Don't quit. Yep. Be an asset, man. Be an asset every day. Yeah. Yep. Be an asset at your job. Be an asset for your family. Be an asset in your community. No, no matter what that means, if you're delivering newspapers, deliver the best newspapers you can. Yeah. Be an ass. Yeah. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if serving the Lord and not man. Yeah. Something yeah. And, like and, and hold strong, right? Like you're going to have to suffer. Fine. Suffer well. Yeah. You were built for it. You were built to suffer because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. And that hope has been given to you by something bigger than you. Amen. Amen to that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So what you're describing is a high impact man. And I think we just spoke to a high impact man. I would agree, sir. All right. Um, well, thank you. We appreciate you being on our podcast, our fledgling plot. I can't talk. Fledgling podcast, the high impact man podcast. Thanks for sharing your time today. I know you got your girls to take care of tonight. Um, yep. Guys, let me tell you something before I go. Yeah. If another man hasn't told you this today, I mean this with all my heart. I love you. Thanks. We love you too, Thank man. Thank you. Love you too, man. All right, guys. Keep up the good work. You too, brother. Take care, man. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.